Commonwealth Stadium, a We're going to head to the podium right now and pick it up. And I'll be moderating today's event. Uh, to, me, uh, to my immediate left is Ian Murray, Chair of the Edmonton Elks Board of Directors, and to his left is Alan Watt, Elks Interim Chief Operating Officer. We'll start today's news conference with opening remarks from both Ian and Alan. After that, we'll open the floor to questions. We ask that you please line up to use the microphone when asking questions and start by introducing yourself, your outlet, and who you're directing your question to. We'll keep it to one question, one follow-up per media initially, and then we'll open the floor to additional questions, time permitting. With that, we'll begin with Ian's opening remarks. Thank you, Evan, for that introduction. And thank you to the media joining us today and our loyal fans watching the live stream. As announced earlier today, the Edmonton Elks Board of Directors has made the decision to terminate the contracts of President and CEO Chris Presson, General Manager and Vice President of Football Operations Brock Sunderland, and Head Coach Jamie Elizondo. All three departing members of the organization were notified of their dismissal this morning, effective today. After considerable discussion and consideration, the Board of Directors determined that our significant on- and off-field problems required changes at the senior leadership level in order to rectify the shortcomings and rebuild the trust and confidence of the Elks fans and the community. Before I get into the details related to how we intend to move forward, I want to take a moment to thank Chris, Brock, and Jamie for their hard work and commitment to the organization. I worked closely with Chris. He's been a respected leader for our organization through some very difficult times. Chris is one of the hardest working people I have ever worked with. He really cares, and I know how our struggles have torn away at him. Brock has been with the club since 2017 and is also very dedicated and hardworking. Jamie was in his first season as head coach. Due to the COVID rules, I had little direct engagement with Jamie. However, I know by reputation about his strong work ethic and how much he cares about the team. All three gentlemen have contributed a lot to the CFL and the game of football, and I'd like to thank them for their time spent with our club. And the organization wants nothing more than to see all of them achieve great success in their future endeavors. Regarding the road ahead, the organization has already begun a search for permanent replacements for both the CEO and general manager positions. I am pleased to announce that in the interim, Alan Watt, the team's Executive Director of Marketing, has been named Interim Chief Operating Officer. Alan has a long history with the, our organization and the community. His understanding of the Edmonton sports market is second to none. And I'd like to thank him for his willingness to continue to support our organization and steward the club during this transition period. Also, in the days ahead, until we hire the new CEO, Alan will be the club's spokesperson. 
The board, through our governance committee, which is chaired by Lindsay Dodd, is aggressively working with the talent acquisition firm Gallagher to have a new CEO in place quickly. Gallagher, previously called Optimum Talent, has agreed to donate their services to the club for this endeavor. We are grateful for this gesture and anticipate their success and our success and we'll have a new CEO to be announced sometime in January, middle to late January. We are also very pleased to have contracted longtime CFL player, coach, general manager and executive Wally Buono. Wally will report to a small committee of the board and will advise the club regarding the process to hire a new general manager. This committee is comprised of myself, Tom Richards and Daryl Bosenkuhl. We are pleased that Wally has agreed to set aside his traditional competitive feelings against Edmonton and to help us with this important task. From discussions with Wally, I can tell already that with his help, we will find the general manager we need to lead this team back to excellence. I'd like to now speak directly to our fans. The past couple of years have been incredibly difficult for the people in this community, and this last year especially so, and we understand the high expectations for this team. We hear your concerns. We had several challenges and problems, including per poor performance on the field, the COVID outbreak that we experienced with the team, and other difficult is issues related to the introduction of the COVID mandate and the electronic ticketing. And we did have customer service difficulties. This has been hard for all of us, and we sympathize with the concerns. I was once a fan in the Knothole Gang, and like others, I hold the memories of the successes of the past. The board is committed to fixing these problems and getting us back to a position of strength and success. While the board will oversee the two key recruiting initiatives, we are tasking Alan Watt with leading a proactive customer engagement process. Starting in the very near term, essentially immediately, the club will be actively engaging with the fans and key stakeholders. We want to learn their experiences and to help build on their, their views and lead to a quick rebound on and off the field for the 2022 season. Allen will be developing a comprehensive plan that will include surveys, focus groups, town hall meetings and other group meetings as well as various digital outreach approaches. We want to hear all of the complaints and we want to hear suggestions. This includes suggestions to improve our game day experience. This program will be executed efficiently such that the analysis is complete and options are prepared and ready for the new CEO upon the, the arrival of the new CEO. We know we have our work cut out for us. We know we need to get our existing loyal fans re-energized. And at the same time, we need to grow our fan base and improve the demographics of our fan base. To this end, we will also initiate aggressive community outreach programs, including more engagements in schools, where we will step up involvement in funding different activities, including the flag football program. Also, we are learning better, and as we are learning better how to work and live with the COVID-19 protocols and realities, we do expect some return to a new normal. And at that time, we think Edmontonians and fans across the province will be seeing more of our players out and about in the community. 
We're fortunate that we continue to have a strong balance sheet and the Board of Directors are committed to ensuring we invest as necessary to achieve our goals. I will conclude by saying that we are committed to fixing the problems both on and off the field and ensuring that we regain the trust and enthusiasm of the fan base. I will now turn it over to Alan to say a few remarks. Thank you, Ian, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, well, this is uh, indeed a, a very difficult day for the Elks. I very much look forward on a personal level to being able to deliver with a very good management and an executive team and to be able to work with our fan base in the community and help return this club to excellence. More than any time that I can recall during my time involved in professional sports in this great city, Edmonton's passionate, knowledgeable and loyal sports fans need reassurance that we've heard them and we're listening. Like a great many people who live in Edmonton, work in Edmonton, play in Edmonton, I have a strong emotional connection with this team. I was born and raised in Edmonton. Um, and as many of you know and have come to know me over the years, particularly on the media side of things, I pride myself on, on, on being a boy from Bonnie Doon. I'm very proud of that. Like so many of our fans, I have high expectations for this club's performance on the field and off the field. We have seen and we've heard and we continue to receive feedback that in order to maintain and to sustain the connection and the passion people have as fans, there's a lot of work that has to be done to repair and rebuild. Today, I, we would all be remiss, I would be remiss, if we didn't remind each other and everyone that this is a community-owned team. Our franchise is a community-owned team in the Canadian Football League. To our fans and the community, therefore, this team is ours to manage, but it's yours to own. And that's why I take very seriously an obligation to work closely with our community, to seek ideas for improvement from longtime fans, as well as to find ways to build a fan base who can experience a lot of the magical moments that we've all experienced in this statement in this stadium as football fans or as sports fans. Um, we have a storied history here with the football team. We have a storied history in this stadium, and I think that there's a very strong, passionate crowd that wants to come back and enjoy some of those things. I'm reminded that eight, exactly 18 years ago today, the Heritage Classic was held right here, and I had a little bit to do with that. There has to be a culture of trust in this, in this business between the fan and us that we'll do our utmost to provide the quality you expect. You need a first-rate game day experience. You need value for dollar with regard to all the aspects of that experience from the moment you arrive until you leave to return to come to the next game. Period. That's a given. You need a competitive team with leaders in the dressing room and on the sidelines who are proud to lead the football team on the field and in the community. The very core of what's been demonstrated and what's on the wall of honor by countless others who've proudly worn these colors. I'll close by asking us all, everyone, to, rem to remember that fans, season seat holders, partners, rights holders, people who live and work here have been a huge part 
of some of the most successful Grey Cup festivals and games in league history. They've also been the very backbone of any attendance achievements that we've enjoyed or celebrated historic moments over the decades. And they did that because they not only think that they're helping, but they want to help. This franchise won't be successful if we all stay home. But we, everyone in this organization, fully understands right now, right here, right now, at this minute, at this day, that starting now, we have to give them ample reason to attend. Thank you. Evan? Open the floor to questions. Yeah, I'll ask a question for Ian Dan Grummet with Global News. Uh, every fan I've spoken with seems to point to something different that they're frustrated about, whether it be the dismissal of the longtime equipment manager to the departure of Ed Hervey, things that go beyond just the losing. Um, so in your mind, where did this where did this great vision that the Elks once had go wrong? There's no simple answer to what went wrong. Like, so this is a whole series of factors that have taken place. And some of the issues are operational and some of them are pure business. Um, but it, the accumulation of these issues kind of, I'd say, percolated and then crystallized, you know, over the course of the last several months. And it became apparent that change was necessary. And so that's the, that's the decision that was taken. Um, it would be, I think, inappropriate to pick one thing or even pick one or two things. Like it was really an accumulation of things. And it got to the point where we really felt that we got to, to a situation as an organization where we needed a different leadership team to get us out of this circumstance and to turn things around in a timely manner. And so I don't know if that answers your question appropriately, but that's, that, that's my best shot at an answer to that. And you mentioned, you know, you got to a point where you felt like you had to make these changes. But you know, many fans have been calling for these types of changes for weeks. Um, so I guess why did you have to take this amount of time, wait till the end of the season to make these changes? Well, we have some very hardworking executives and we had a short season and we wanted to give them an opportunity to turn things around, to be fair to them. And we also had to get to a point in the discussions at the board level where we had fully assessed it and talked it through and we're, weren't rushing to judgment um, without you know, a proper full assessment of the situation. So, so it would be a combination of us wanting to give the existing management a chance to turn things around and see how things went, but us also as a board needing to get to a consensus and make sure we were making a fully informed decision. Terry, Terry, go ahead. <clears throat> to what extent do you concede that there's been a disconnect between fans and the organization and identify um, why it happened, how it happened? Well, you bring up the deal, I don't think Evan has been told exactly the reason Mandruzzi has been replaced and by him. Uh, can you answer some of those questions and uh, what amount of responsibility or whatever would the board itself take? So I guess those are like five questions in one there. So I'm going to hope I catch, I'm going to, you know, try to respond to the different issues. We're not going to, you know, today we're not in a position to speak about a specific individual that uh, would be inappropriate. I think it's clear that we'll be giving the new CEO and the new general manager, 
you know, marching orders to make sure that they're fully connected in the community going forward and that, you know, community relations, community engagement issues are, are important. Okay, so I think going forward, some of these problems, you know, can be rectified. When this went off the rails or how it went off the rails, you know, isn't clear. And I actually don't think it's fully off the rails. I think we can fix it, right? And we're committed to fixing it. But um, a lot of stuff went wrong. We had a lot of customer complaints. And we've had a lot of negative stuff that the board, you know, is very concerned about, right? And so as a result of that, we're taking action. Um, but there wasn't one moment, right? I, I don't think that's true. I think this, in fact, some of the disengagement with the community is probably a decade or so, you know, old. It's been a gradual issue. You know, we're not into the schools as much as we were in the old days. We're not engaging as aggressively with the multicultural community. Our demographics are brutal. They're old. They're, they're you know, disproportionately male and white, even though our, that isn't representative of our community. So I'd say the problem is is not recent in its structural nature. Like we have a structural sort of long-term trend that is problematic. In the near term, we just did a bunch of stuff that antagonized our core fans. So if you could, you know, I'm giving you an awful long answer, Terry, but we have a short-term problem to get the existing fans back that are really upset with us. And then we have a medium to long-term problem to grow the fan base so it's more rep representative of the community. Can, can, do yeah. can you address the Andrusi Act? It keeps coming back every time I have a conversation. I can't speak to that today. Like it is not that that specifically isn't something we're comfortable discussing, except to say that all of those sorts of things will be part of the review that we're expecting the CEO and the general manager to undertake. Okay, and and we want um, those things to be understood, and for us to not have such difficulties in the future. And one more. Did this board meeting this no, we've had a series of board meetings over with, frankly, over the last several weeks. Okay, so this is a recent decision, but there's been multiple board meetings. So, like, this wasn't just sort of one impromptu decision. It's been it's been discussed over many hours, over over an extended period of time. And one more: is it your hope to have a Canadian? Well, I want to be careful how I answer this because I don't want this to come across as a criticism of Chris because Chris worked very hard in his job. Um, I think that the profile that w that's being prepared for the new CEO will have one key criteria being the willingness to effectively engage the community. Okay, and so. You know, anybody that's good at effectively engaging the community, you know, will have sort of one major check mark as it relates to, you know, the profile we'll be talking about. Thank you. Good afternoon. Reed Wilkins from 630 Chet. There's a operations cap in the CFL, basically a, a salary cap for players and, or pardon me, uh, coaches and managers. How do these decisions today affect the Elks and how can you deal with this? Okay, so first, you're right. There is a, there is an issue that we have to deal with in terms of the non-player salary cap. 
we're still working through some of those issues and the calculations and we'll be having discussions with the league about that so I'm not in a position to be definitive with you now except to suggest that yes it's a factor yes it will have some adverse impact the extent is something I can't I wouldn't be in a position today to tell you okay uh, and just the the just want to clarify the the timing here like do you expect to have the, the general manager is being hired independently of the president the president will not hire the general manager yes given the February free agency we're forced into the the world of the imperfection here so you know we're in a nor ideal world the president's first and the general manager's second in our current reality we have to do it otherwise we have to get the general manager in place before Christmas so the general manager can do the necessary work to get ready for the free agency you know something like 80 percent of all the players are on one-year contracts these days so that you know being ready for the February 1st free agency is a big deal w would you be open to a general manager coach that being the same person I'm gonna wait to see what Wally comes back with in his short list and in his recommendations and see what he suggests before I, you know, go out on a limb on an answer like that. Our committee has had discussions with Wally already, but but I think we need to keep that, you know, confidential to our, to our committee until we get further down the road and we have um, a little more clarity. Thank you. Would you be open to Wally? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure we would be, but I don't think he would be. Yeah, you, you know, he's a, he's retired now and and enjoys enjoys spending some of his time in warm climates. Uh, Karloff was at CTV News. Um, what's your read on the temperature of the room when it comes to fans? Uh, I know you've talked a bit about it, but if you can give us sort of an idea from the team's perspective of of the, uh, I guess the the tensions that have uh, I guess boiled over to this point to to lead to these decisions. Well, we think we got to a point of kind of unprecedented, you know, irritation. Maybe is the word. Like we got a lot of feedback all of us you know our own personal anecdotes with people reaching out to us personally or email or LinkedIn even um, and you know broadly you know phone calls coming to the team with complaints so I, th I think there's a series of issues that culminated in a sort of a probably an unprecedented level of irritation by the fan base a lot of that related to electronic ticketing difficulties around that the, the bag policy, some with the COVID mandate, just a combination of things. And frankly, the, the lack of home wins didn't put people in a very good mood, right? So I think all that happened. Um, we hope that we've signaled to the fan base that we took are taking this very seriously and we think it's a big problem and we had, are going to address it like it's a big problem and put an action plan in place that's pretty, pretty aggressive. And then uh, building on something uh, that Reed had mentioned and I think is also related to the fan situation is the bottom line for the club. I know obviously there are rules that you have to follow when it comes to the, the salary cap for non-players, but also, you know, ticket sales and, and attendance at bottom note by the end of the year. How uh, is, can you give us any more idea of how the bottom line is looking when you're going to be making some pretty significant hires now in the next couple months? Oh, you know, I think first of all, all wasn't all bad. The name Rolo went well. We did very well in merchandise sales. The league's done well in, in TV ratings, right? So there's some stuff that's gone well, so it's not all bad. Now, um, going forward, we have to address the stuff that was difficult. 
We're fortunate that we have a pretty strong balance sheet, right? So the things that the measures we're talking about taking, taking are all well within our financial capability. John Global, what's Wally going to mean to the overall operations when it comes to football itself? Well, we'll see how it goes over time. Right now, our relationship with Wally is a short-term contract for him to focus on the recruiting of the general manager. Um, and, it, and it may be that he helps us with other things over time, but that's too, too early to say. You know, at this time, we're focused in our relationship on the next two months and making sure we get things in place that are critical around the general manager. You know a little bit about football. What did you think of the product at the end of the season? Well, you're speaking this because you and I played together once a million years ago. <laughs> um, I was, I was, you know, disappointed we lost so many games, right? And you know that we all, we all felt that, and it was particularly difficult that we disappointed our fans with so many home game losses. So we're, you know, certainly we understand that. Is the board feeling the discontentment of football fans in Edmonton too? Yes. You know, the board heard it. Everybody heard it from people that they, they knew in the community. Um, the board took, took all this very seriously. And in terms of accountability, is the board prepared to take that sort of heat too? Well, we have been, right? So the board, the board is, has been taking the heat. The board is putting in a lot of hours, you know, on various committees. And then the action plans that I've just described, you know, include essentially all of the board members, you know, actively involved in one or the other of these initiatives so the board's totally rolling up its sleeves to help fix things in the next couple months we're hoping that the board doesn't have to do that after we you know make these changes and the, we'll fix things and the, then with Alan's support we're in a position to turn the corner early next year thanks Jerry Montajon Edmonton Sun can you Tell me if either Chris or Barack were fired for cause. Nobody was fired for cause. Thank you. Ian, do you feel that this is also part of a league problem? It's not just the Edmonton Elks. Take a look at the league. It's a problem throughout the league. I think that it's that the league in general has some challenges. Um, but I think we have to be accountable for the fact that our that, that we had a call it a negative variance greater than some others, right? Like we, our performance wasn't wasn't sufficient at our end, um, and you know that's what we have to focus on. We know we can do better, but clearly you know the league itself has marketing challenges for sure. Um, but you know in terms of our assessment, you know we were. Pretty, weren't so much, you know, Brian. We're not so much focused on exact numbers of fans in the stands, but we were alarmed at the sort of level of customer complaints and and some of that operational stuff. Just one more. Can, can you uh, just clarify the uh, time left on each individual contract? No, no. So we still, we, I can't get into that, Terry. Those are still confidential matters that are still under some discussion in some cases. Sorry, Ian. Uh, I don't know if this is for Alan, maybe. Um, just wanted some idea of, of, like, you know, where season ticket 
renewals are at for next year and you know how much those numbers play a, a factor I just gonna say one thing before Alan jumps in one thing I think in some of my previous answers that I failed to re- recognize is that the senior management team we have like I focused on Alan but the senior management team we have here are very strong okay and so one of the reasons we're comfortable that the turnaround can be managed you know efficiently and it won't take that long is that this, this that that next level of management is this really strong group and maybe you can jump in sure, on the ticket yeah. now the process of renewing season seats is underway right now the process of contacting people who have not renewed is also underway right now and that's part of the engagement process is to loop back with people that uh, have expressed their displeasure to the point where they didn't want to renew we're in that process right now and uh, but that one of the things that sports teams everywhere are trying to do now is to get in the business of being in continual renewal in other words you you become a subscriber if you like and and that process is an ongoing process all year long and we're in the process the same way but we we uh, we would uh, I, I don't have the percentage of renewals year to date because we're not completed yet but I have uh, every faith that uh, we'll get to the number we want to and uh, the things that we're talking about today are going to make it uh, somewhat easier to get there, a lot easier to get there, I think. Yeah, but can, you, can you categorize that a bit? Like, are more people giving up their tickets or are more people signing up? More people would be... We would be in the business of going out and finding more people to A, sign up, and we're also in the business of going out and finding people who uh, either are currently signed up as season seat holders or partners, and then getting back to our casual purchasers, and we have that data, and can going in and uh, seeking their, uh, their input on whether they'd like to become uh, season seat holders or whether they'd like to become with, uh, involved with us in another fashion in terms of groups or uh, other products that we might have, exec- for example, uh, premium products. So that that process never stops. It never stops on the partnership side and never stops on the season seat side or the uh, the ticket side or the premium seating side. Never stops.